Today's guest is Chris Batts. Chris is an author, motivational speaker, and has been featured by John Hopkins University Press. He has also had a near-death experience where he experienced telepathic thoughts from God. And today we are lucky to have him on the podcast. Chris, thank you so much for joining me and welcome. Thanks for having me, Jeff. It's always good to do these podcasts. All right. Well, my audience loves to hear about near-death experiences, so let's start on the day that yours happened and tell us what went down. Okay, so just start from the background, or do you just want me to tell you about the near-death experience just right out the gate? Let's start with the near-death experience, and then after that, we can get your background. Okay, so what ended up happening was I tried to take my life and my my near-death experience. That's Mm -hmm. the reason why I had one. Mm-hmm. What happened was I was in a, in a car with one of my friends and I had just got off the phone with my mom and I haven't talked to her in years. And mm-hmm. during this conversation, she's like, your grandma, you know, just want me to tell you, like, I just want my grandma told you, like, I, your grandma gave me your number and she told me to tell you, you know, to call you. So I want to call you and tell you that I don't want you never to have you know, I'm not your mom. So I said, F you never were tossed the phone out the window. And then I looked at my friend and then I just said, F this, I was already planning suicide anyway. So I said, F this, I jumped out the car and boom, just remember this boom hitting the back of my head on the concrete. So during this time I tried to get up. I didn't even know I was dead or or out of my body. I didn't know what was going on. I just thought I fell, but I just remember that boom. And then I got up and as I'm yanking myself, I feel and I hear like something telling me, no, I wouldn't do that if I were you. So I'm stubborn. I tried to like pull up. And as soon as I pulled up, I see my body laying on the floor on the concrete. Didn't know how like this happens when I'm right here. So like I said, I didn't know I was out of my body. So I said, I'm just going to walk home you know, watch some TV or something. Mm-hmm. Literally three steps later, poof, I'm midair. And that's when I'm like in this nothingness. And I feel this big, the biggest divine presence I've ever felt. And you just know it's God, it's source. There's so many names for it, but you know what it is. So the first thing I remember like telepathically, these thoughts that I was thinking they were all questions and they were answered. These questions were answered in the order that they were happening. So the first thing it says is, let me reintroduce myself to you. I am God. Yes, I am real. Yes, angels are real. They're a gift for me. Want to meet them? I said, no, I, I was scared of all that stuff. Before that, I didn't even believe angels existed. I thought that was just off for TV or something like that. So then I just seen like this projection screen and here's this picture of a girl, like a prostitute. I'll, I don't know if I can say that Sorry. Um, picture of somebody walking by and um, he said, I love her. Then here's a picture of this guy walking with the skateboard. He says, I love him. Then here's another pic. Here's another guy walking with a briefcase and a, and a, um, a suit on he said i love him the message i got from that was i love all of them the same equally and like basically there's no favorites then he just this uh begins to describe his character to me so i see these words in the air and one set in all capital letters so one says love you 
one says caring and then the other one just went by and it said long it said a uh, long suffering and i remember that word back when i was little and um so i'm like well what am i supposed to do if i go back to earth like i'm scared like i'm i don't deserve to be here i don't deserve to be in your presence and he's like i love you the way you are now so i said well what am i supposed to do when i go back to earth to this world and he says go and tell everyone that i love them and i do and i remember like i said i didn't see this i didn't see this being but i felt and i felt it was more like the love of a woman more like more than any woman on earth but it's like he was so macho like the most macho man in the world so he got on the knee gave me a hug and this hug lasted for a few seconds but it felt safe i felt like it was forever and i didn't want him to let go so after that I, like poof here i am i see all these angels just flying around and um i just remember two in particular one was on my right one was on my left um i remember also these bibles they were being thrown around and like crosses they were being thrown around in the air and i think that was because i was scared of burning and burning for eternity like i was taught in church when i was little if you sin you burn and that's it and i i know seeing those all that stuff flying around was my own thoughts that i didn't know and i just remember actually seeing visually seeing all these angels around but on my right and on my left, I was scared. I'm like, get me out of here, get me out of here. I'm scared. One on each side were holding my hand on each side. And they're like, don't be scared. Don't be scared. Like, it's okay. It's okay. We kept doing this. Like, it's okay. Like, don't be scared. You know, um, we're here. We love you. We love you. So I'm like, wait. I look to my left and I see this. There was so much light in this one's face. I couldn't really look fully. So I had to like turn around like that. It was like looking at the sun or something. There was so much light to his face. Buff, long wings, I say about maybe six feet, like taller, his wings. And then I say in height, he was like tall. He was maybe about eight feet, nine feet. The one on my right side, this one was more human than anything. The one on my left was more like a kind of beetle face type thing. But the one on my left was super human, curly hair, um, red flannel shirt, sleeves rolled up all the way to the elbows, uh, blue jeans, sandals, and yeah, that was it. And he didn't have any facial hair. And I was looking at him, and he was so big, I just ripped out of his mind. And he was about maybe six, nine feet tall. Wings were tall, like maybe about five feet each each wing and this one was nice like the soft-spoken one the one on my left looks at me and says are you sure you want to go like in a stern voice and i'm like whoa yeah like whoa <laughs> like let me look at my left side because i was scared already the left one i'm thinking he's gonna come harder like you heard what the man said you know or something mm -hmm. like that but he just says he says you have so much to do for so many people and I'm like, who me? Like, do you guys not know what I just did? 
like I thought I was in for so much torture for eternity. So feeling all that love just sort of scared me, I guess you could say. And um, so after that, they both told me, they said, look down. Okay. So I looked down. I look, I see my friend that I was with over on this side on the phone. Here's the paramedics, everybody over my body. So I'm looking over my body and I see a bunch of like cop cars coming in, ambulance and fire trucks. I'm like, wait, what is going on? I'm like, how is my body right there? And I remember the outfit I had on. So I'm like, how am I laying right there? But I'm right here. I'm like, hey, you guys need to tell them like I'm right here. So I look at them. They're like, look again. So I look again. But this time it zooms in like like a camera just zoomed in. It's like you can swear you heard the zoom sound. And um, I seen it clearly. There's my body. There's them over me thinking I'm gone. He's gone. And that's when I felt I seen this like cloud and it had a hole in it. I like to call it like a donut hole. If I were to have crossed over this hole, then I most likely would not have came back. So they actually asked me, both my angels, do you want to stay or do you want to go? So I felt for some reason, as soon as my right side one said, you have so much to do for so many people, I figured I have like this urge to go back now. So if this had been 15, 20 minutes ago, I would have said, no, I'm going, I'm going, I'm going with you guys. But after hearing you have so much to do for so many people, I believed them. And I said, all right, well, I'm just going to go back and do so much for so many people, even though I didn't know what in the world they were talking about. So after that, I remember saying, okay, I'll go back. Boom. I guess I'm back in my body. I woke up about three, two, three days, two days later in the hospital, in ICU. And I remember as soon as I woke up, there's the nurses like, oh my God, you're a miracle. You're a miracle. You're alive. We thought you were gone. You hemorrhaged out of how many bags you, they said so much. They thought I was gone. They kept calling me the miracle of the miracle. Like the miracles awake. We thought you were gone. And I just remember like I was scared of death growing up. So I say when that went away, I didn't even know anything happened until the, which a few days later, I was in the hospital and I got released and I still couldn't walk. I lost my senses, couldn't walk, couldn't like really form words, didn't taste. It took me forever to get my senses back. But as I was being wheelchaired out of the hospital, that's when I looked at the concrete and it was like that deja vu feeling. And that's when I was like, whoa, something happened. And then I looked up and it was like, the sky was clear. The horizon was just beautiful. And I looked at the sun and that's when they reminded me of looking like this at the right angel's face. And after that, I knew I was not scared of death anymore. And from then on, I just start recovering. And that's, you know, pretty much that's my whole story, mm. my whole NDE. All right. When you first were getting out of your body, I believe you said you heard a voice that said, don't do it. Is that correct? Whose yeah. voice? So who, I wouldn't do that if I were you. Yeah. Whose voice was that? I was going through this for months after recover during recovery. And 
I, I, it came to me, I said, oh my gosh, that was the angels that I met. They were telling me, because oh. I found out they were my guardian angels. Hmm. And they were, were telling me, I wouldn't do that if I were you. Because I remember there was two of them saying it. The same two that I actually seen face to face when I was midair in the air. Did you actually perceive or hear their voices? And what I mean by that is sometimes NDE people will just like all of a sudden they'll telepathically know something like from some being. Or did you actually feel like you perceived two different voices? Because it sounded like you perceived two different personalities. What it is, is all telepathic. Yeah. You know, you can hear what they're saying. They're not like audibly talking, but it's like they're thinking, 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 talking. And then mm. you can hear it here in your head. And then you can feel it here to feel the emotion of what they're saying. Mm. And they, you can also feel their characteristics. So you know which one is saying what. They both have their own personalities, just like we do. I thought you said that the one on your left kind of looked like a beetle. Is that correct? In the face, yeah. It reminded me, it was like kind of small, and the shape of it was kind of like a beetle type thing. But it had, and then it had so much light, I couldn't look all the way because it was too bright. I mean, did it completely look insectoid or? Just a humanistic face that looked at insectoid. A humanistic face that looked like that. That looked insect-like. Like it had. He big... was still human. You could tell it was like human. It's just right. part human. It's just it wasn't as as superhuman as the other one on the right side. That one, you look at him and you say, "Okay, he's human with wings," mm-hmm. like automatically. Right. Do you think it's possible that the other one is possible, like some type of alien? I asked myself that. But I've also heard other accounts of experiencers who have seen different types of the variety of angels. Like they don't necessarily have to be in human form. They don't necessarily have to be in a specific form. You might think it could be just a straight human. It can be a dog. It can be, it doesn't matter. There's so many forms. Right. And I, I, I mean, no one knows unless they've been there and I haven't been there. I kind of mentioned that because some of the people now, even in the UFO world, are saying that when a person has an NDE or an alien contact, it's multidimensional. And some of the NDEers are saying that they've seen aliens. And I don't want to, I don't want to put thoughts into your mind or change what you saw. Whatever you saw is real for you. And I was just kind of curious about that. Yeah, I've heard that same thing. I've heard a lot of experiencers who've met aliens and stuff. Mm-hmm. I can I can't speak for them. I can just speak for me and my experience. And right. what I seen right one was superhuman, the left one was I can tell it was an alien. Like right. I know it was an alien. You know it was not. It was not. An right. Alien. Yeah. Right. Now yeah. let me let me ask you this. Is there any part of your NDE that you have never shared? publicly with anybody but you're willing to share it with me um wow i there's something that i've never really brought up i think maybe like once or twice but i could pretty much bring it up now many people don't know this um during this experience when i was in the presence of god source whatever you want to call it you know 
there was a time where I was I asked him right after he's tell, showing me this like loving, caring, long suffering, and then he also says I'll go to the end of the world so everyone is with me. Um, I said, but what about and right when I was going to say like the evil one or the devil or whatever I was going to say, didn't let me finish. I was like, but what about and then I just have something turn my head to the left and look all the way and it's like this weird being wrapped in like a snake and it was wrapped in chains mm. and it couldn't get out and i was like what is that supposed to mean and i i didn't ever got an official answer my only guess is saying like you're worried about something you have nothing you have no business worrying about like that's not what i told you to worry about i told you to go and tell everyone that i love them that's what I took from that. Interesting. You made a statement right before that, and I found it was interesting too. Something about you're going to go to the end of the world with me or something. Can you repeat that? Yeah, I will go to the end of the world so everyone is with me. Hmm. I will that. go to the end of the world so everyone is with me. What does that mean to you? To me, that means I will do whatever I need to do so everybody knows that I love them. That's what I took from it. Like, I will wait until the freaking end of the world so every so everybody in the world knows that I love him. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So you saw other angels. Do they look like beings of light with wings, or did you, could you make them out as humanistic looking, or what did you see? They looked really more angelic, like not human. They looked more angel-y, like you would see on TV. With wings, I didn't really get a good glimpse of them. There were so many. Right. And then, like I said, I seen Bibles being thrown and crosses and then also them. And then there's also the main two on my right and left side. So, mm -hmm. like I said, that's when my whole focus just went to the one on my right and left. I felt that's where I'm supposed to concentrate. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, you mentioned that you went to church. Were you very religious before this? I grew up in religion. I was scared of religion because of the people that I knew in religion and how it made them. They were some of the meanest people you can ever be around, but yet they're so religious. We go to church all the time. These same people judge the most. They condemn everybody to hell except themselves. They condemn everybody to burn except for themselves. Like that's the number one religion. Like that I grew up. The religion I grew up in, they think that's the number one religion and all other religions are going to burn. I've literally been told this by pastors mm. that other religions will not make it. After your experience, how have your views on religion changed? I don't necessarily agree with it. I think that people, I think it's like gangs or like wars. It causes war against people. My religion is better than yours. My you know, it's it's one of those things. Mm. My religion is right. Yours is wrong. Would you consider yourself a spiritual person now? Very. 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 And you said you don't fear death anymore as well, right? No. Mm. No. Is this experience like a memory that's slowly fading? Or is it something that's always with you? And you, it's like you can't, oh, no, it's, you can't get away from it. You cannot get away from it. Your head 
just doesn't rest is always and even when you're asleep you have this awareness of who you are do you have any after effects from this experience that you have to manage in your life besides the physical things that you had to you know heal up from your accident effects yeah i actually can't wear watches anymore like usually when i do they go out so fast and prior to this experience I loved watches, but after that, I noticed that whenever I would get one, I would put a new battery in one. It, it would still go out within like a day or two. Wow. Yeah. Wow, that's amazing. Did you get any abilities like psychic abilities or anything like that from this experience? I've been, I got the gift of being spiritually aware, mm-hmm. more like way more aware in, of spirit world. Mm-hmm which is one of the coolest things because you understand life better. You understand people better. You have more patience. Mm-hmm. You always want to be better. You're just more like centered in that peace instead of like all angry and wild all the time, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's how I was before, like depressed and angry and wild all the time. Now I love myself mm-hmm. and encourage people to do the same, you know? That's fantastic. How has your family and friends reacted to you since this experience and seeing the changes in you? I haven't really had the closest relationship to my family. Like you might think it's more like I went from year, I went for years without hearing from any of these people as soon as not even as soon, but a while after my book came out and I guess when started getting out about it and they heard about it. It's some of the people that didn't agree with it, but, you know, they didn't like it. I guess they were saying that I lied about it and everything like that, Mm. which this happens to a lot of authors, a lot of experiencers that speak out. And I know they probably never thought I would be a public speaker about it, but neither did I. I just wrote my truth. That was it. Mm. And sometimes you get punished for it not punished for it, but you get hated for it. Mm. I have friends also that were there and they were like, Oh my God. Like I remember, I remember this time in your life. I do. I was there. I remember this time, the stuff that I brought in my book or the stuff in my experience, like, Oh my God, when you were like this, yes. When you were a kid, I remember how you were so depressed, how you were mistreated. Mm. So I have like friends that it's kind of, they, they show more support than anything. Then I also have certain friends that never knew anything because I was so quiet about it. So they would tell me like, I wish you would have told me something then. Mm-hmm. What kind of conversations have you had with the driver of the car and going over the story about what happened? What was that like? That didn't happen. You're just seeing things. You're hallucinating. Mm-hmm. That kind of stuff doesn't happen. And then I did a book about it and the same person was like, you're on some spiritual BS, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Book came out. A lot of people were helped from my book and they're like, oh, okay, that's good. You're doing what you're doing. Mm-hmm. But I still don't believe that happens, which is fine. I mean, people have their own points of view, but mm-hmm. that's their point of view. Did he at least witness you on the ground and like, man, I think he's dead? Did he even say to you, I, you know, I saw you. You look dead, Chris. No, they just said, I don't know what happened. We like, they, they thought you were 
they thought you were dead. They thought that I did it. That's what they said. Like they thought <laughs> they had to be set to the side because the the police thought that they did it. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah, but they probably yeah. thought he just pushed you out of the car. Right. Right. Mm. Wow. All right. So you were told that you have work to do when you came back, and I believe there's some things that you are up to now and one of them is spreading more love so can you tell us how you're doing that okay so the purpose of like spreading love is more like not say spreading love but making spreading the word about love making sure people understand what love is this is where we come from i do a lot of youtube i um do like a lot of motivational videos um i do a lot of public speaking a lot of that um, I wrote a book about it, and even in my book, it, motiv- it part of it is motivating, or should I say the main purpose is to motivate people to love self and deter certain people that want to take their lives from doing that, because that was the result of my experience, and my thing is like, hey, I lived through this experience, I became such a good person, a better person from it, but I still think you guys should stick around because there's somebody out there that understands your pain. When you're in your NDE experience, it sounds like you said there was quite a bit of fear because you were seeing angels and God and didn't know what was going on. But at least when you embraced God, you felt like uh, an eternal amount of love, an immeasurable amount of love. As you come back... Do you feel still feel like sometimes that love is with you or do you feel like that love is always with you? I feel that love will always be with us, but of course you don't feel it 24 7 hours, you know, like 365 days a year. Sometimes you sometimes I have my moments where I'm like, "Hey, like I need a reminder like of that kind of love. Mm-hmm. Can you like shoot some down for me?" You know, mm-hmm. like I'm always working, I'm always doing this, I'm living life so fast, everything's fast. I I need to know, like, you're still with, you know. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Have you been in contact with your guardian angels since coming back? Yeah, actually, to this day, I, it might sound crazy, but to this day, I even hear certain things from them. Hmm. And I know it's them because I recognize their personalities and their voices. Had it been someone else, I would know. Can you give us some examples? Yeah, so... My first time I really did hear from them was a couple months when I was still recovering, trying to put the pieces together. What happened during this experience? So one day I was getting out of the shower and I remember I almost passed, almost like passed out. My mind almost went blank and almost passed out. I still didn't have my senses or anything. And my walking was still a little wobbly. I was sort of like, yeah, still in the, in that like wobbly stage. And as I was about to pass out, I just got this same telepathic messages that I was getting during this experience, clear as day. I was like, "Where we are your guardian angels. And they said, we need you to empty your mind of everything you've ever known. We're going to teach you what you need to know. So it was kind of like being born again. So literally everything I knew before that completely like wiped out of my head. And um, they're like, now the first thing is the reason why you can't talk is because your brain isn't working that great. Your brain is the control panel. It controls everything. So when your brain is healed, 
your talking will get better and your walking will get better. So that's the very first thing that they told me. And from then on, I kept, I was like, wait, you guys are not going to leave, right? You guys are going to stay. And I feel like reached out to them after that forever, pretty much. And that's when they even told me, go on the internet and look up stuff like about experiences, what happened to yours. Hmm. I go on Google, people that have died and came back just like me. Hmm. Then I say, wow, that's called a near death experience. I never knew that. Hmm. That's when I started doing more research into that and into religions Hmm. and into like the books and of the religions. And I started going in detail for like every religion I could. Hmm. So I can kind of compare and find out information. Right. Like about the truth, you know? Mm-hmm. I didn't ask you, how long ago did this happen? Or what year was this? It'll be nine years in September. So that's 20, 20 19, 18, 17, 16, 15, 14, 13, 12. So it was like in 2012. How often are you doing public speaking? And where are you doing the public speaking at? I do them often. I have maybe, like even this week I had, this is my third one this week. Mm-hmm. Um Next week I have one. I usually do them every like couple weeks or sometimes I might even do it like once a month. Sometimes I have like five in a month. It just really depends. Um, Also, I have spoken a lot of places like the Afterlife Conference. I've spoken for IANS conferences consecutively for like national conferences for like the past three years. there's just different certain radio and mm-hmm. podcasts that I do with different people. So mm-hmm. I'm always usually busy. That's great. A lot of people that may watch this podcast are people that have recently had an NDE themselves. What advice would you give somebody who had recently had an NDE and not sure what to do? If you want to speak about this NDE, just understand you know your true story. Understand you. Uh, you really understand the full story throughoutly before you speak on it, because there will be people that may not agree, and you just got to be sure. You just got to be sure that mm-hmm. you know, and as long as you know, then everything is okay. Because there will be people that will benefit from your story. I guess you're going to have the detractors or the haters asking you some hard questions. And if you don't know the story, then that's what I guess that's what you're trying to say. Yeah. I'm trying to say like, make sure you're honest about it. Make sure you tell the truth about it and make sure the reason why you're telling it Mm -hmm. is to help someone else Mm -hmm. as well as yourself too. Mm -hmm. What do you think inspires you most about your experience? The fact that the world needs more love. And I can't be the only one spreading it, but I figure there's a lot of other people trying to do the same thing Mm -hmm. that could make things just like a little bit better. I guess, you know, like a little bit is better than not doing, not speaking at all and not spreading the message of love at all. Mm -hmm. Because there could be anybody at any given time who needs to hear what you're going to say like you never know who might hear your story and might need to hear that all right how many books do you have one or two just one one just one 
Yeah. Um, so besides your NDE, what else are you talking about in your book? I talk about, I, um, I try to deter people from taking their life. That's mm-hmm. what I really, really stress upon this book is loving yourself, knowing that you're the spirit, you've got, there's a God that loves you, a supreme mm-hmm. God that loves you and wants you to love yourself too. So don't cheat yourself by exiting this earth too soon because something good just might happen to you. I also talk about, well, I said my near-death experience, of course. Um, I also talk about like communication with my angels, like I previously just told you just now. I talk about progression, how I was depressed, and how, and I talk about the journey on how I became a motivational speaker. So, like, I went from depressed to being a motivational speaker. Can you give us some techniques or ways to help people with depression? Some advice? Some advice. Honestly, I tell, I even tell my kids this at school say good things about yourself, it works. Because as much as you're thinking about the bad things, you think about one good thing and be like, well, yeah, you know what? I could do that. Or like, yeah, I could do this. I guess I am pretty good looking. You know what I mean? Like just something. And it'll help. It really works. Do you have any other advice or other things that you recommend to help people get out of depression? I really think that's the my number one favorite best way is to like love yourself. And I was going to say love yourself, but then you can ask me, well, how do you do that? Yeah. And that's how you, you say something good about yourself. And then right. you know, it, it's the rest to start coming. Uh, and also listen to like some good motivational music, read a motivational book, watch stuff that makes you happy, do stuff that makes you happy. Maybe even like, I guess kind of giving yourself positive affirmations. Yes. Positive affirmations. That's exactly where it starts. Mm. That's great. Um, All right. Uh, How long did it take you to write your book? About a year and a half. Oh, wow. What was the process like writing your book? So the process, I had no idea it was going to turn into a book. But my editor, who happens to be an amazing, close, dear friend of mine, she said, your story, and I was already speaking at Ian's conference. Hmm. She said, "You need to write a book because people benefit from your story." I said, "But I do YouTube videos. Remember, I just started." <laughs> and she said, "No, you need to really tell your story." I was, and I said, "But look, I don't know anything about books. You gotta help me with this." Uh-huh. And sure enough, she she did. She told me write everything. From start to finish, from since you remember when you were six months old, you were thrown in a dumpster okay. by your mom. Start from there all the way to how you are now, how you speak. Just write it, write it, write it, send, send, send. And then we'll take care of the, I'll take care of the rest. I said, okay. So everything I would write, I sent her everything from just, and then literally maybe six, five, six months later. We start getting chapters, and I'm like, oh, my God, we've got chapters now. I was all excited about having chapters. Mm-hmm. I'm like, wait, this is officially going to be a book? Like, And then from there, we just kept going and going, and 
I would literally have my memo pad and my phone at work just writing just writing on my anytime or either that or on the computer just typing away for hours and my eyes are like hurting and or if not that I just send her audio through Facebook whatever it took we got this done that's amazing and it's fantastic that you've um been able to turn your life around because it sounds like you've had a really hard life growing up before this yeah it was very very hard um, do you feel like in your experience with God, was that the first time that you ever felt love? I felt like that was the, f- I felt like I was reminded of the love that I've been longing to feel since I was little. Hmm. I felt like it was familiar. Like I felt it before, just not in this life. Right. I felt like I felt this before I've longed for that love. Hmm. So finally feeling it, I'm like, wow, that's why I was scared. Cause I'm like, what do you want with me? Like, am I supposed to burn? Mm-hmm. Interesting that you had these thoughts that you, it sounded like you have a lot of guilty thoughts, you know? It wasn't guilty thoughts. It was just more scared thoughts. Because mm-hmm. like I said, I, it was scared that scared because I didn't go to church right. anymore. Scared that I didn't read this book that I was raised to read anymore. I had a different opinion and that alone scared me. So that's the main reason I was like, wait, I'm going to burn, huh? I'm going to burn because <laughs> that's what's been drilled in me since I was a little kid. Right. So I'm like, if I have my own opinion, I'm not supposed to think for myself. If I have my own opinion and think, I'm going to burn. Right. Okay. Makes sense. All right. So where can we get your book at? You can get my book on Amazon. It is available there in Kindle as well. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean – just go on Amazon. And also, if you want to Google me, you can find the link there too on Google. Mm-hmm. Pretty much find a lot of interviews I did if you mm-hmm. Google me. Mm-hmm. What's your YouTube channel? My YouTube channel is No Bad Vibes Space 7. All right. What's the significance of the number seven? I love the number seven. I just, ever since my, after my experience, mm-hmm. I've always had a thing with the number seven. Mm-hmm. I have no idea. It's just this infatuation with the number seven. Hmm, interesting. I'm going to try something new here today, and especially for my audience, because they've never had heard me ask this question, but we'll see how it goes. If there's someone that you could have met in heaven, who would you have wanted to meet? My uncle. My uncle, uncle Rabbit. Really? Why is that? Yeah. Because he loved me when I was little, and he gave me that love that no one else in my family would. And he wasn't even my family by blood. Mm. So him, he treated me like a human. Mm. He treated me like I had an opinion. He he had patience with me. Mm. A lot of these people in my family that I did live with, they did not. They claimed that they did and they were so good to me and all that stuff. They forget about how they treated this little boy. But my Uncle Rabbit, he was nothing like them. And they didn't like him for it, just for the fact that they said he spoiled me. But in actuality, he just understood me. Do you have a website? I don't have a website. I know I don't have a website. Um, like my YouTube, my Facebook, those are my and Instagram. Those are like my main three sites. <clears throat> Yeah, I don't know if it's really necessary unless you were going to either like sell your book from your website or if you wanted, you know, 
I guess it could be useful if you were doing public speaking and people wanted to find out where you're going to be at, but you can always post that on Facebook or Instagram too. Exactly. Do you interact with the people on Facebook? Because some people are going to see this video and say, hey, I'm, they might want to reach out to you. Oh, yeah. Um, I get messages daily, mm. many messages daily. And people will tell you, I definitely respond to the ones I can. And even sometimes it might be a short message, like a thank you message, something like that. But some way I will respond. It's mainly the people that I don't know, the ones that really talk about something really serious in their life. Mm -hmm. Like they were thinking about deterring themselves. I mean, they were thinking about like taking their lives or something like that. Right. Or someone that they know have done it. Right. That's when I respond. Like I will make time to respond. Oh, well, that's great. Yeah. That's awesome that you do that. All right. So before we wrap it up here, do you have one final message that you can leave the audience with? Positive affirmations. That's it. I mean, that's it. Po always, you got to have a good perception in life. And then with this whole, this whole event going on, you know, this whole pandemic going on, a lot of people are feeling down and bad and angry and stuff. Um, I say maybe try to have a different perspective in life, like of life. I mean, like instead of looking at everything bad, try as hard as it is to look at everything good. It's like somebody's always going through something way, way, way worse than you. Hmm. And they would love to have your life. That makes sense. Let me follow up with that real quick is when you say positive affirmation, do you think it's important to physically say them or just think them? Or both. No, you don't have to go around like, I am, I am great. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> I am the man. No, it's more like you change your thinking. Something that my grandma always used to tell me, but that her dad told her, if a man beats you thinking, he will beat you living. The way you think is so important. Like, so if you're going around saying, thinking a bunch of negative, most likely you're going to stay that way. You're going to stay down that road. You think a bunch of positive stuff, your perception of things change. And then therefore you can make different decisions on what you, on the positive way you've been thinking. I really like that. If a man beats you thinking, then he beats you living. Yeah. yeah that stuck with me since I was little. Yeah. Your grandmother was a wise woman. Is, maybe. She was. I don't know if is, was. She was. was. She was. Okay. All right, Chris. Well, I really appreciate you being my guest. I wish you the best. I wish you massive success with your book. And if you write another one, let us know about it because we can have you back on and talk about that one too. I just might be. Uh, before we go, do you have any other projects that you're working on that you want us to know about? Not at the moment. Not at the moment. Okay. Yeah. I don't want to put too much out right now, but not at, I don't have anything ready right now. That's all right. I mean, you've already done a book, so just writing a book alone is a fantastic accomplishment. And, you know, congratulations on that. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks a lot again, Chris, and have a great evening. You too, you too. Thank you for having me. Bye-bye. Mm -hmm. Thanks for watching the Jeff Mara Podcast.
I really appreciate you. Another way to show support is through YouTube memberships. And if you do, there are loyalty badges and other perks depending on your level of membership. All you need to do is click the join button underneath the video to find out more. Thank you for your support.